All right. Go ahead and find a seat. Go ahead and find a seat. Settle in, party people. Awesome, awesome. Well, listen, welcome. I'm, I'm happy you're here. Um, is anybody else excited to be in the building tonight? Are you happy to be here tonight? Perfect. Well, listen, um, we're going to just jump right in here. Uh, but before I do that, let me say something really quick to everybody out here who is um, not at Winter Jam. Um, <laughs> I didn't think we had such a Christian audience, but I guess, <laughs> I guess we do. Um, I guess that's a good thing. Uh, thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> get you some Carrie Job in, you know. Um, but listen, uh, what we're doing is tonight is a little bit different than usual. Here's why. We're not selling merch. We're not doing... Um, t-shirts and sweatshirts. We always, we usually do that. Tonight is going to look a little bit different. On that same wall where we sell merch, and when you walked in straight to your right as you're walking in is um, this big black uh, curtain looking thing. It looks almost like pipe and drape. It's just this huge area that we usually stack merch. So what's going to be there uh, tonight is every single group leader at our church who is leading a group for college and young adults. So here's the thing, I'm gonna be there. My wife and I are leading a group. Um, now we're capping it off pretty quick here, but um, we are all gonna be there. Everybody leading a group will be on that wall. So check this out. If you're somebody who's found it difficult to kind of, you're like, man, I enjoy the services. I like being here on a Thursday night. I'm just kind of on the fence on whether or not I know enough people. I don't, when I come to view, I don't know if I know everybody and I'm trying to meet people and I'm trying to find a group. I'm trying to find somebody to kind of lock arms with and just kind of hang with. Um, let, me, let me encourage you. All you need to do is take a step. Take a step. If you want community, if you want to be a part, if you want to be in, if you don't want to feel like you're out, super easy. There's going to be like 12 group leaders on that wall, on that, that black curtain, not a wall. Tonight, all you got to do is jump in. And let me go ahead and, and dispel some rumors. Nate, can we get a clock up for me? Because um, I will go like 55 minutes, easy, smooth, you know me. Um, but what, what I want you to know is we're going to be there. Here's why. We want community to be as easy as possible. We're going to take down every single barrier to entry for community because it's not about being exclusive. It's about being inclusive. So we want you to know if you want community, if you want God-given community, if you want God-fearing community, super easy. Find a group leader. We'll be here. I'm doing a group. Kaylin's doing a group. Every, we, we have 12 different group leaders waiting to sign you up. Did I make it clear I want you in a group? How many other ways can I say join a group? No more ways. Like at this point, if you come to me and tell me, man, I just, I don't know anybody. I'm going I'm to say, listen, okay. Really easy, join a group. Does that sound good? We're on the same page. Give me a thumbs up. Let me know you're with me. Perfect. Well, let's jump in. If you got your Bibles, say amen. If you got your paper Bible, say amen. Perfect. I love you. Um, if you don't have a paper Bible, come see me. I'll get you one. You need one. Um, we're going to be in Mark chapter 5 really quick. Let's go ahead and be in Mark chapter 5. Um, so check this out. Uh, this is weird. Like, you don't have to move. I just think it's weird that everybody's making an L. Like, nobody actually went into this section. They just literally lined this. That's interesting. That's weird on my part. I don't know why you did that. I like it. It's interesting. Don't move. Stay there. Um, but listen, uh, tonight is going to be a, a fun night. I think um, God has really been speaking 
on something that is he- it's a little heavy, but we're gonna have a little fun. So what I want you to do is wherever you're at, just open up a little bit, okay? Um, open your mind, open your heart, open your, your whatever organ makes you laugh, okay? Some people laugh from their stomach. You know the stomach laughters because they're like, <laughs> and if you looked at somebody, you know it because they do that. And then you have the heady laughters. Usually the, 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 the heady laughters are a little bit higher pitch. <laughs> Um, and then you have the quiet laugh. <laughs> and those are just the weirdest people, right? It's just awkward. Um, so if you're one of the, <laughs> you're weird, okay? Um, there's the door, or that one, whichever one you choose. Um, we'll laugh at you out loud on the way out. <laughs> it's weird too when like, when like people that quiet laugh type LOL. I'm like, you don't, you don't ever laugh out loud. This is awkward. What do you mean laugh out loud? You're, you don't ever do that. I wish you would laugh out loud. Um, but anyway, whichever organ makes you laugh the most, use it. Um, I speak better. I preach better when you guys are a little bit crazier. Um, I'm used to being around y'all, young adults. Y'all are wild. Y'all are crazy. Some of y'all are a little bit too crazy. Um, but tonight, you can't be quiet. You're not allowed to be quiet, okay? You have to talk back to me. Is that fine? Are you with me? Yeah. Boom. All right, so let's get started. We're in Mark um, chapter 5. I love to start with the Word of God. Here's why. Um, I want us to stay in our story. A lot of times the problem with uh, college and young adults is we find God in our emotions and we miss how important it is to stay in in His story. Here's, Here's the truth about God. And if you don't know anything about this Christian walk, we believe that God is real. We believe that His Son, Jesus, came, died for our sins, and we also believe that every single word that's recorded in this book is a guide to how we're supposed to live. So, with that being said, let's jump into the guide. Let's jump into the story. We're in verse 25. This is what it says. Um, a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years, if you don't know what a hemorrhage is, what, what's basically happening is she's constantly bleeding. She's, she can't stop bleeding. And, and the, the Bible says in verse 26 that she had endured much at the hands of many physicians. So this woman had this issue, she was bleeding, she had uh, a lot of different problems, a lot of different health problems, and what was going on is she couldn't stop the bleeding. Um, so this is what's happening. She, she had seen so many physicians, she had endured much, um, and she had spent all the money that she had on these uh, physicians, but somehow she was not helped at all. Actually, the Bible says, but rather she had grown worse. I've preached from this passage of scripture before and I love it. Here's why. Because there's so much to be, to be said and to be uh, read about when it comes to people who are consistently dealing with an issue and have tried so many different avenues and finally come to their wits and try Jesus. So let's keep reading. We're in verse 27. It says, after hearing about Jesus, did not tell you. She came up <clears throat> in the crowd behind him, touched his cloak, touched, just, just touched his cloak. How many of y'all know that must have been a bad St. Laurent jacket, right? Um, She said, for for she thought, if I just touch his garment, I will get well. If I just touch his garment, I will get well. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that that she was healed of all affliction. Immediately, Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who just touched my fresh leather jacket? He didn't say that. He said, who just touched 
my garments. And the Bible says, and his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you and you say, who touched me? Almost as if to say, Jesus, how in the world are we going to be able to count how many people are here, much less see how many hands are reaching out to touch you? Jesus, it could have been anybody. I don't know what you're talking about. And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, this is my favorite part. I even highlighted it in pink because she's a girl in my Bible. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite part. And he said to her, he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Everybody read that line. Say that. Say, your faith has made you well. It's going to be important. Say it one more time. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Your faith has made, be, has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Tonight, um, we're going to talk about a topic I feel is, is so pressing in today's day and age. Um, the title of today's message, if you're taking notes, is called Medicaid. And if you've been with us through the series, you know it's always the worldly solution first. And then after it, we're going to talk about what God really does. So if you're taking notes and you're all artsy, because we like art, and that's art. It's minimal, right? It's, I love it. If you don't like it, you don't get it. Um, but if you're taking notes, it's Medicaid. Put you a slash mark and in cursive, write healing in all caps, okay? Boom, that's art. I love that. You can't do cursive caps. You're right. So just do your thing. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's pray. God, we love you so much. And um, we just give you tonight. We ask that you uh, begin to move on our behalf. And, and, and we just ask Jesus that you're already in this place, already um, showing people what it means to live like you. And God, we just know that if we come into a place with your presence, you're going to move. We believe that, Jesus. There are so many people that are praying in faith, even right now, for lives to be changed for hearts to be transformed, and for people to walk out of darkness and into light. God, we love you so much. We can't wait to be in heaven with you, but while we're on earth, let us see people saved. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Father, we love you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Do we got any, like, um, anybody who is kind of afraid to be sick? Is there anybody in here who are, who's like deathly afraid of germs? You know what I'm saying? Like you're like, you're, you're almost like, like those people that wear the mask so you don't catch the flu. Like anybody in here that's just really weird about being sick. Um, I'm kind of like that. And, and the reason why is because when I'm sick, I'm, I'm a huge baby, okay? Um, like I could, I could have a tummy ache and the world's about to end. You, like I'm like, baby, make some chicken noodle soup. I'm hurting, um, but, but I, I just, I'm, I'm bad when it comes to being sick. I, and the truth is, I don't know why. Um, when I was a freshman in college uh, the first time, um, I remember getting sick, and my mom was supposed to come down one weekend. I made her change the weekend she came down. Uh, granted, my mom doesn't live in Biola Battery. She lives in Houston, so it's like eight hours away. I made her change the weekend she was coming down because I got sick on a different weekend. Like, that's how bad I am when it comes to being sick. I'm just a big baby, and my wife knows this. Um, she knows to be ready with OJ, chicken noodle soup, and a warm bath, 
if I start to cough. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just bad. I don't know why. It's just bad. Um, the, the crazy thing, though, is that it's not just like, like being sick that, that kind of shakes me up. Not only do I hate being sick, um, but I also hate going to the doctor. So it doesn't really match up. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I hate being sick, but at the same time, if I get sick, I'd rather be sick for like six weeks um, than go to the doctor. Here's why. One, I'm afraid of needles. Like big time, and, and not, not like y'all are like, oh yeah, so some people are, no, no, like I'm deathly afraid of needles. Like, and not, not tattoo needles, I have a bunch of tattoos. I'm talking about specifically shots. I don't do shots, okay? Um, both types of shots. I don't do, <laughs> but, but specifically the ones with needles. I'm just not a big shots guy, okay? Um, recently I had to go get some blood work done and the lady was like, hey, are you ready? I'm gonna rub you down with some alcohol. I said, no, I can't do it, okay. You have chewables. <laughs> she was like, I'm trying to get your blood. I said, perfect. You have chewables. Can you take a saliva sample? Um, but like, I don't know what it is. I just, I, I, I don't like getting sick, but at the same time, I hate going to the doctor. I don't care what it is. Um, last year, I got really, really sick um, with the stomach flu. And if you've ever had the stomach flu, you know how horrendous this is, okay? Um, I'm not going to go into the details so you don't lose your dinner. Um, but the, the, the stomach flu is just not good. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's awful. As a matter of fact, it's one of the worst things I've ever been through, okay, right? It, one is watching This Is Us, season one. The second is the stomach flu, okay? Like, that's how bad um, it got. So it was, it was last year, the girls were like, I'm not laughing at that, okay? This Is Us is great, especially when he tore his knee. It was, it was it's just great. Um, I love Mandy Moore. Um, but but the, the thing is, the thing is, when, when I got sick with the stomach flu, my wife does what she does when anything happens in our house. She whips out the essential oils. It doesn't work, babe. Um, I was like, babe, I'm puking. She's like, just rub some peppermint on your tummy. I'm like, what's candy going to do for my stomach? You know? She's like, no, no, oil of oregano. Just swallow some oil of oregano, you know? I'm like, babe, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Um, she's like, then go to the hospital. I'm like, okay, give me the, give me the pill, you know? But I got sick. Um, my wife is trying all, all these sorts of uh, uh, essential oil remedies on, on me. It's not working. I'm bathing with like patchouli and, and weird stuff that, that I don't even know the name of because uh, it's just weird. Uh, white folks do some weird stuff, you know, like, um, but I'm learning, okay? I'm learning the battle with essential oils. But anyway, so I'm going through this stomach flu, everything's happening, and um, I finally get to the point where I'm literally, y'all, this is no joke, I'm 12 days into having this stomach flu, and I haven't made a step. Like, I'm puking my guts out, I can't move, I've lost about 10 pounds, my face was looking pale, don't look at me like that, it was. Um, I was clammy, like it, it, I was, I was, I was hurting so bad. So I have a ritual when I when I get sick. I always watch all three Lord of the Rings movies. I couldn't even watch a movie. Like I was, I was hurting so bad. Um, and and the, the entire time I'm like popping pills to 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 take care of the body aches, but I'm also drinking Pepto Bismol to try to fix my stomach. And and it just gets so bad to the point where I, I, I literally can't move. I hadn't been to work in two weeks. And finally, when I'm like basically on my deathbed, I'm like, baby, I gotta go to the hospital. And she said, what? Um, and if you're in Spanish Fort, you don't actually go to the hospital, you just go to urgent care, okay? It's the same thing. Um, they're gonna do the same thing for you. So I, go to, I finally go to urgent care. They, they tell me I had the stomach flu, whatever, whatever. 
turns out I had been throwing up so much, so much had been happening with my stomach that I had like some inflamed diverticuli, which is just a fancy word to say I had a really bad stomach ache and it was not good. And the doctor said, I'm glad you came in when you came in, but why did you wait so long? It's like, cause I'm a man, you know what I'm saying? I'm, ain't nobody scared to be sick. You know what I'm saying? I'm swole, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, but I was hurting and he's like, you don't, you, you never wait when you're, when you're doing that, you could have got dehydrated. You don't know what could have happened. It was a mistake to wait as long as you did to come to the hospital. You can't try to be manly when it comes to your health. You got to make a decision and say, you know what? This is more important. Did she clap? <laughs> you know, she's a nursing major, you know, <laughs> she's got a boyfriend that doesn't come to, that doesn't go to the hospital. Um, but the doctor was just like, you've got to make a decision early on to come to the hospital. You can't just wait. And all the women who have future husbands in here said, amen. Because all of us have a dad that doesn't like the hospital, right? You know what I'm talking about. It's like, dad, go to the hospital. You literally don't have a leg. You're like walking around like this. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dad, go to the hospital. <laughs> but the truth is, the truth is, uh, so many of us do this. I don't know why that this is human nature, but, but for some reason, as people, we wait till a situation gets to dire circumstances before we make a change. We, we wait till it gets all the way to the edge where it's like almost life-threatening. And then we're like, you know what? Maybe I need some help at, at this point, you know? It's like the people that are in college when, and, and they're like, they're, statistics, because it was my hardest subject in college, but they're, they're like failing statistics for like eight weeks. And then in the ninth week, they're like, uh, Professor so-and-so, I'm having a lot of trouble. <laughs> It's like, no, no, no you, no, you failed. You were having a lot of trouble in week two. You failed now, like, like it's done. But we wait, we, we wait until the last, the final second to finally ask for help when, when the problem has gotten so severe that we can't even stand it, that we finally say, you know what, I need help. The problem is we do things like this almost daily in our spiritual life. We let issues get worse and worse and worse and worse until finally we're at wit's end and we're like, you know what, I need some help. I need some help. And, and I don't know why we do this. It, it doesn't make any sense. But if we look back in the text, that's exactly what we see is happening here with the, with the woman who's dealing with this bleeding problem. Because the Bible says in verse, let's see, in verse 26, it said she had endured much. So she had had this disease for 12 years, 12 years. And the Bible said that she had endured much at the hands of physicians. Here's the thing. I don't trust doctors in 2017 or 18, um, but I definitely wouldn't trust them back in Jesus' time. That's like 2,000 years ago. They're even worse then. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. But she, she had gone 12 years with this issue. And then all of a sudden she was like, okay, I, I don't know what to do. The Bible actually says that she had spent all the money that she had. It said that she spent all that she had to fix this specific problem and nothing had worked. The truth is, even when we have issues, even when I had the problem with, with the, the stomach flu, now, it's not that we don't get any help, but we just try to go find some short, quick fixes, right? It's like if I got a headache, when, what's the first thing you're gonna do? Tylenol, Advil, boom, I, I got it, I'm good. Stomachache, Pepto, boom, got it, I'm good. So it's not that we don't necessarily get help, we just try to find a shortcut first, right? We just try to, we just try to find something that's gonna happen here in an instant, and it's gonna take care of the problem at hand. When I was a freshman in college, um, my brother uh, got diagnosed with cancer. It's okay, he's cancer-free six years, he's good. That's not the point of the story, he is the man. Um, but uh, what happened was, when he got diagnosed with, before, right before he got diagnosed with cancer, he was an athlete. 
My brother was a, a college scholarship track runner. I mean, the dude was swole. He had dreads. He looked like somebody out of New Orleans. I mean, it was, it was perfect. Um, but I mean, he was like, I, I was always the little brother in stature and in height, everything. I was young. I was, it, I was always the little brother. My brother was huge. He was this, this college athlete. Um, but the first signs that he was dealing with this, this sickness was that his back started to hurt severely, right? And my dad, um, hearing about my brother, my brother was like, Dad, I can't go to track practice today. My back's hurt. My dad said what any other dad would do. Well, son, rub some dirt on it to get back out there, you know? <laughs> like, like, my dad was like, your back couldn't be hurting that bad. You're just lazy. You're living your life off, off raw talent. You got to get out there, practice a little bit harder. Well, finally, the problem kept getting worse, and he had back pain, and he had indigestion. Um, and what he did at first was, of course, he took some talent. He's like, my back hurts. Maybe I just tweaked it or something. Pop some pain pills, uh, like, like ibuprofen or something like that. And he would take some Tums for indigestion. Well, eventually the problem came back and it didn't go away. So it kept getting worse, which meant he had to take the next step and go to the doctor. And my brother's a lot smarter than I was because they caught it quick. They, 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 they eradicated the problem and he's cancer free. But here's the question. Here's my thought. What, what if during that process, my brother just kept popping Tums and Advil? Like, like what, if, what, if, what if his back keeps hurting and hurting? He's like, you know what? I don't need to call anybody. I just need another Advil. I need like seven. Oh, wait, it's hurting, it's hurting worse. 10, 11, 12, 13. Like, what if he just kept popping the pills to numb the pain? He misses the opportunity to catch a disease early on that's going to help save his life. But here's the truth. So many, of us, so many of us in our spiritual lives, we're looking for something to numb the pain instead of finding the truth that's going to eradicate the disease. The truth is, we got these spiritual brain tumors and we think ibuprofen's going to work. We've got something inside of us that's, that's tearing us apart and we think, you know what, maybe if I just medicate it with something else to distract myself from what's really, really hurting, I'll be okay. See, what happens in our spiritual lives uh, is that something begins to manifest itself as a symptom of a, of a greater issue. So maybe it's a quick temper, right? It's not so bad. You just kind of have anger issues. You know, maybe it's an, uh, an addiction to a specific something. It could be a substance. It could be alcohol. It could be uh, a sexual sin. Maybe, maybe it's, a, it's, a, it's a relationship that we keep going back to even though we know that it doesn't make any sense. The truth is that's a symptom of a void in our heart. If we can't leave something broken and turn to something healed, that's a symptom. It's manifesting itself in a different way. Or maybe, maybe we, we, we find ourselves constantly dealing with depression or anxiety. It's a symptom. Or maybe we sneeze, right? It's a symptom of dust. But in our spiritual life, we, we find that these things happen and, and what, what, what we begin to do is we begin to, to, to self-misdiagnose an issue and then we self-misprescribe ourselves pain pills that we think are going to help the specific symptom. The crazier thing is, a lot of us medicate our pain with Jesus. For some people, it may be an addiction. For some people, it may be a quick temper. For, for some people, it may be depression or anxiety. But there's so many of us that even do this with religion. What do I mean by that? Well, it's like we go through something really, really difficult. We go through something that causes us a lot of pain. And we jump into view once in a while, right? 
to get our Jesus fix, right? To pop our Jesus pain pill. We have an encounter with God and everything's numbed. It's not like we let him take over. We just, we just accept the peace of Jesus that comes with like forgiveness and, and wiping away our mistakes. We don't want the rest. We don't want like Christian community and helping building God's house and, and telling more people about Jesus and being submitted un, under a church. And we don't want all that stuff. We just want the part about, oh, Jesus forgives me for all that stuff I did? Perfect. I'm good. I feel good now. Until a couple months down the line and you're like, man, I messed up again. I can't take this anymore. And you come in here and you do the same thing. You medicate you pill pop Jesus. Boom. I need a little Jesus fix. This is great. Boom. I can go back out and do whatever I want to do. And we start this vicious cycle where we begin to, to, to prioritize an encounter with God over a relationship. When the truth is, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live with these temporary, temporary numbs of your pain or, or these temporary lapses and hurt that masks itself as a distraction, something that's gonna take your mind off what's really going on in your heart. You don't have to live like that. Because the beauty of Jesus is that he offers genuine healing. Not just a medicine. Not just, not just a painkiller. But isn't it crazy how we can even treat Jesus like a painkiller? Isn't it crazy how, how, how we can even treat the God of this universe like some ibuprofen? That we need to get rid of a headache. That we need to mask our guilt and our shame. Here's the thing though. He doesn't just have to mask it. He can eradicate it. He can eliminate it. He can take it out of your heart like removing cancer from a body and leave you healed and whole. But how do we do that? Pastor Jared, how do I go from, from medicating to genuine healing? Perfect, I'm glad you asked. You asked great questions. Here is how you do it. And this is where you're gonna take your pins out because I wanna get really practical tonight. Healing is something that happens through the Holy Spirit, but I'm gonna show you by using the text that this is something that we have to make a move in. Let's go back to verse, let's look at verse, uh, let's be in verse um, 27. We're going to be in verse 27. It says this. It says, if I just touch his garments. This is what the woman said. She said, if I just touch his garments, I'm going to be well. If I just touch, you know that old church song? I don't even know if it was a church song, but y'all know that old song that reach out and touch. I'm sorry. Um, she's, it, all the Bible said is that she had to reach out and touch Jesus' garment. She's, if she just touched it. In her mind, she thought, all I got to do is reach out and touch, and I'll get well. The first point I have for you tonight is you got to reach. You got to reach. You have to make a move. Yes, God loves you. Yes, he wants the best for you. Yes, he's chasing after you. Yes, his love is good. Yes, his forgiveness is eternal. Yes, he can, he can take all of your sins and all of your, your mistakes and wipe them as far as the east is from the west. But it doesn't happen by you just coming to church. It doesn't happen by you just showing up. You have to reach. It's going to take you moving. It's going to take you making a step. You're going to have to make an effort here. 
Here's the truth about reaching though. It's not as if God expects us to save yourself. A reach is a hope. A reach is a grasp. A reach is a desperate attempt to grab hold of something that's so much more solid than your current foundation. See, God, he, he's not asking you to do everything. He's just asking you to reach. So if you're, you're, you're in a place now where you're saying, Pastor Jared, I want genuine healing. I've got some issues that are so deep you wouldn't believe. I've got some things that I have a hold of my heart and even when I go home, I'm still having these dreams. I'm, I'm still waking up in the middle of the night and I can't shake this darkness. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I'm dealing with. I'm just, I'm just broken. I'm just hurting. I got something wrong with me and I can't seem to get it right and I've tried everything. I've tried new relationships. I've tried new friend groups. I've tried new boyfriends. I've tried new churches. I've even tried view and nothing seems to work. I don't know what this is. What's going on with me? Am I broken? Yes. But he can heal you. You got to reach. You got to reach. You have to make an effort. Some of you guys are saying, you know what? Pastor Jared, I have been reaching. I've been calling out to God and nobody's answered. I've hit his Twitter up like six times. Nothing. He won't DM me back. I don't know what's happening. I just feel like God's not answering me. I'm glad you said that. Here's the second point. Belief in action. Belief in action. The first point is you got to reach. Why? Because it said the woman reached out and touched Jesus' garment. You got to make an effort. Healing is there for your taking. You have to make an effort. You don't have to get all the way. You're not the one doing the healing. You just got to reach to the one who can heal you. But the second thing you got to do is you got to believe and make a step. You got to believe with action. What am I looking at? Well, if you continue to read at the very end of that passage of scripture, I told you I highlighted it in pink because she's a daughter. What did it say? It says, daughter, your what has made you well? Your faith. Your faith has made you well. Here's the thing, if you look at the faith, if you look at the word faith in the original text, it's not just this, this flowery thought where we think, you know what, Jesus is real. Boom, that's faith, I have faith. The truth is, if you look at faith in the original text, it's really talking about a belief that comes with movement. Faith isn't just stationary. Faith is dynamic, it's not static. You've gotta, you've gotta make some waves when you have faith. Faith is not just this thing you have, it's this thing that you do. Belief has action. So, perfect, you reached out, you're calling on God, you're crying out at night, you're broken and you know you're broken, you're even coming to view, responding to the message, you're even meeting with, with me and we're talking and we're going through some things, boom, you're making these things happen and you're like, well, Jared, I'm making an effort, I'm making a step. The second point you have to understand is that your belief requires action. That, that, that woman in this story, she wasn't made well by just believing. She was made well from believing and then doing. The Bible says, Faith without works is dead. That means you can say you're a Christian all day long, but if your life doesn't look like it, it doesn't matter. It, it's not saying that you have to be perfect. None of us in here are going to be perfect. It's just impossible. But your life should look like it. Belief in action. Belief has an action. And you know what? The truth is, I can't tell you your next step. Every single person in here has a step that they need to take especially if you're looking for healing. If you're looking for God to do something miraculous in your life, believe it and take a step. 
For some people, that might be jumping in a small group. Your, 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 your faith action step might be jumping in a small group, even in the midst of your busy schedule, which I get so crazy when college kids tell me they have busy schedules. Let me tell you something right now. My wife works two jobs. Is my wife, which is like three jobs, is here with y'all and leads a small group. Kaylin, our, our, our team director, she's got two kids, which is like eight jobs. I go to their house because it's easy birth control. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just know. I love my nieces. I don't want my kids, though. She has a job. She has a husband. She has kids. But she's in a small. She's not just in a small group. She's leading a small group. It's not about the busyness of your life. It's about the commitment of your heart to what God says is good for your soul. What's your next step? For some of you guys, it may be being baptized. That may be the next step that you have to take in faith and go, God, I'm ready to make my faith real. Boom. For some of you guys, it may be actually accepting Jesus into your heart. That may be your next step. You've kind of wrestled with this God thing for a little bit, and you've touched it here and you've touched it there, but you're not really 100% sure, but you know that something in your heart is so broken and it's so hurting, and you're ready for it to stop. You're ready for the pain to cease. You've never made your relationship with God real. Well, tonight's the perfect opportunity to put your belief in action. Yeah, you believe in God. Here's your chance to take a step. For some of you guys, it may be serving. It may be serving. Why? Because what serving does is it takes the, 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 the attention off of me and places it on someone else. The definition of worship. Applying worth to somebody else. So you may just need to shake somebody's hand and say, welcome to View. Welcome to City Hope Church. For some of you guys, you're saying right now, I don't even have a church home. I want to be healed, but I'm not even connected to the power yet. I don't know what your next step is. Only God can tell you that. All I know is that me and my team are here, ready to help you make it. This is not emotionalism. Listen to me, young people. This is not rah, 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 we're talking about, yeah, yeah, let's get all excited and, and decide something and never do anything about it. Faith is just as spiritual as it is pragmatic. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is not just this emotional hoorah thing that we come here and yell and get crazy and then post it on our Instagram. Faith is spiritual. You do feel it in your soul. When the worship leaders sing and they do that, I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my soul. I know God's real. But also sometimes, I got to read my Bible. Even though I ain't brushed my teeth yet, I got to get up. Some of y'all need to brush your teeth for breast day. But I, I know for a fact that faith is just as pragmatic as it is spiritual. Why? It won't always be like that. But why is it like that? Because you have a soul, you live in a body, but you are a spirit. The fact that you live on earth means there are going to be practical steps you have to take even when you're not feeling all spiritual-like. That's the downside of living in a world that has matter and gravity. Like this is real life. God can't just be good theory. It has to be visible action. So if you need healing tonight, here's what we're going to do. 
Our band is gonna play. I'm gonna ask a couple questions. Our prayer team's gonna be here. If you need prayer for healing, if you know, and, and check this out, if you know that God needs to do something in your life, it, it doesn't have to be physical healing, but it can. It can be physical healing. It can be emotional healing. You're broken from, from a, a previous situation or a circumstance. Or you know you're going through depression, anxiety, whatever it is. If you need spiritual healing, if you need physical healing, or if you need emotional healing, tonight is your night. Take a step. Your step might even be coming to talk to a prayer person instead of just responding to a message. Every head bow, every eye closed. If you're in this place tonight and you say, you know what, Pastor Jared, I've never made a decision to follow Jesus before. I've, I've known who he is and maybe you've said the words a time or two, but you've never made this decision real. You've never said to yourself, okay, this is the time where I put the stake in the ground. I'm choosing today who I'm living for and his name is Jesus. And you're ready to make a step you're ready to make the first step in the rest of your life. If that's you and you're ready to make the first time decision to follow Jesus, I just want you to slip your hand up. Amen. And you know what, maybe you're in this place and you're saying, you know what, I, I need healing. I'm broken, I'm incomplete but I'm ready to be made whole. And tonight is my night. Tonight, I'm the woman who's just gonna reach, or man, who's just gonna reach. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna look for Jesus and, and I'm not gonna know exactly how it looks, but I'm just gonna reach. I'm ready to reach in faith. And then I want my belief to be in action. If you're hurting tonight, every head bow and every eye is closed. I just wanna see you so I can pray with you. Can you just slip your hand up? Here's what I want to do. I'm going to challenge you tonight. Nobody's looking around. Here's your opportunity to make a step. Nobody's looking around. It's just you and us. I want you to Respond to this message by standing up on your feet. If you raise your hand, and I want you to hold out your hands like you're receiving something, and I'm going to pray a prayer of healing over you right now. And on three, I want you to make a stand boldly. One for the Father, two for the Son, three for the Holy Spirit who's going to be moving tonight. If you raise your hand, I just want you to stand up and hold your hands out. Just stand up and hold your hands out. I'm going to pray for you right now. This is your step. This is your opportunity to make a step. Nobody is looking around. I just want you to stand up. Be bold. Be bold. Here's your reach. So listen what I'm going to do right now. As your hands are out, I'm going to ask that God fill them with his spirit. Because here's the truth. No amount of words can make you whole. No amount of words can change you. But I know what the spirit of God can do in your life. So right now, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to watch God work a miracle in your life. Holy Spirit, move in this place. 
These are people who need you. These are people who are broken. These are people who need mending. And Jesus, we know that no longer is it okay for us to medicate with the things of this world or even medicate with specific religion or, or coming to church. We don't want to medicate anymore, God. We want the real thing. We don't want counterfeit, Holy Spirit. We want you to come into this place right now, manifest your presence, and move through the people right now standing up with their hands out ready to receive you. Jesus, men, broken people, bring them back together, God, in a way that only you can. Let your spirit fill the gap. Let your spirit fill the void. Holy Spirit, work in this place and move on some hearts that need you, Jesus. Father, allow your spirit to come and fill them up. Their hands are out. They're ready to receive. so much. We love you so much. We give you honor. We give you glory. Your spirit is working. We love you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand up on our feet and let's just give God praise for what he did in this place tonight. Come on. Let's make some noise. Amen. Amen. Come on. Y'all got to get a little bit louder than that. If God worked in this place tonight, y'all got to make some noise. Come on.